What's up? It's Sierra. Hey, it's Ebony. And And welcome welcome to the the Real Play Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Real Play Podcast. We're talking transitioning today. Hey Sierra, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Ebony? I'm doing well. Yes, yes. So we are back. We are back. This is exciting. Yes, we are talking about transitioning. This is going to be a good episode because we all go through transitions in life, right? So, Right, and I've been through many transitions. Um, And so one of the things that I want to discuss today as far as transitioning is transitioning into adulthood. And so if you are over the age of 21, you've experienced this. And if you haven't, take a listen because you're going to need to know some basic survival techniques. Um, And we'll tips too right like yeah tips we'll give you some tips as well um to take with you in your adulthood so i had just got out of college i was living with my sister for a couple of months i had just got my first job and i wasn't making that much money and when you have been to college there's something about it that just there's something that clicks and you're like i don't want to live with no body like, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I don't want to live in the white house. Preach, preach. <laughs> so, nope. but the reality is when you're out of college, you're, you're a new student, you don't have any money. So you may have to live with someone right off. So I lived with my sister, um, I think from like July to December, um, right after my birthday. And I was like, oh, I have to, I got to get out of here. So Um, In order to get my first apartment, I was saving money the whole time. I wasn't spending anything. Keep in mind, I may have been making like, oh my God, this is my first job. So I was making very minimum, like maybe five, six hundred dollars a paycheck, if that. Let's say seven, but that's the max, right? Mm -hmm. And so I um, just started taking a drive, looking at apartments. And I know one of my friends at the time, she lived in an apartment on the same street. So I went to look at her apartments. They were too high. I could not afford to stay in those. And so God honestly led me to the next apartment. I was driving down this road and I'm like, oh, I wonder what's back here. And my first apartment, you had to take this long road to get to the back. Um, And so I went, I went to the leasing office and to anybody who's never lived out on their own before, that's a big step too, just to be an adult and have a conversation with someone about living conditions, where you're staying, um, how much it costs, things like that. Really? And you the lease, and you know, don't know anything, <laughs> that's a hard conversation. So I did a lot of research on the internet. And so anyway, I pulled into this apartment. I went to the leasing office and um, I spoke with the lady. She showed me the apartment. I was honest and said, you know, I don't make that much. I uh, am single. I live alone. I want to be safe. And so she was like, look, you seem like a really nice girl. I believe in you. You don't make three times the rent. However, I'm still going to let you get the apartment if you can put this amount down, which I was able to do. And she was like, because you're single and you express that you want to be safe, I'm going to let you live in the front of the apartments. And um, I lived in that apartment. You know, I moved in maybe, you know, you don't really move in right away. But after I moved in, I probably... I didn't move out till maybe three, four years later. That's, that's, you know, a decent amount of time. Mm-hmm. 
were talking about you want to be safe. So um, that's one thing that my dad, my parents took very seriously with me because when I moved out, I went to college in North Carolina and I'm from Arizona. So I'm already got the whole country between us. Right. And so I got my first apartment my junior year. And this is the thing that my dad taught me. He said, yes, go look at the apartment during the daytime. Look to see, you know, yes. how many cars are gone, um, who's at work. Like you could see when cars are gone because that means people are at work. But then he said, also go at different times of the day. Go early in the morning, go in the afternoon, and most importantly, go at night. Check to see how's the lighting for your apartment and just even around your apartment to see like, is it properly lit? Are there people just walking around at night because there's stores nearby and they're just walking through your neighborhood? Like all of that, like, to this day. <laughs> I do the same. I do that. I've, I've moved from that apartment and when I came up here, I moved in a couple in the townhome that I'm in now, like I definitely looked at it during the day, looked at it in the afternoon, looked at it at night, looked at it late at night. One time I had my boyfriend, we drove around the apartment. It had to be like two, three o'clock in the morning because I really wanted to see everything that can possibly happen around that time. So that's definitely, safety's big, especially for us women. Yes, here's another tip too, if you can. So um, if you get a year lease somewhere, right? And you're thinking, okay, I don't want to stay here for another year. And you start looking for apartments. If you have an apartment in mind, go look at it if you can during the summer. Because an apartment complex is different in the summer mm. than it is in the winter. Yeah. And I've learned that. Mm -hmm. That's that's definitely true. Because people, there's a lot more going on in the summer and the warmer. Yeah, absolutely. And another tip, I'm, I'm thinking about these tips that my dad like drilled into me was not only did I check to see it in different times. I also check police reports on the address in the neighborhood. Interesting. That could be extra, but remember, we got a whole country. And if anything happened, if my parents jumped on a flight at the moment I called them, it still would take four hours to fly across the entire country. Mm -hmm. So I would check the address and the location to see what type of police reports were in the area. Um, dealing like with robberies, um, you can see that type of information. Um, breaking and entering, all of that, loitering um, calls. And then because I was moving out and didn't really know how bills would look, I even called the um, the electricity companies. Like, what's the average bill for the past couple months for this house or for this apartment or this? I was in a duplex at the time. Thought That's I was interesting. Just, I never asked that question before. But it, it wouldn't let me know what mm -hmm. to expect. And even though you have to remember, okay, it could have been a whole family living in this house with kids and maybe theirs is higher or lower than what yours would be. It still gave me an idea of what to expect when I moved in. So I did that for the electricity and I didn't have to worry about the water because that was built into the rent, but the electricity was separate um, out there, down there in North Carolina. And those are some of the things that I, I didn't do it for this house because the square footage of this house is the same as my last one. But for that last one, I was like, so BG&E, let, let me, <laughs> you tell me, what's the average bill? like? Are they budget billing? Like, what was the thing that they were paying? Because I need to know what I might have to pay. So those are just little tips to think about. Check the security of the house, different times of the year, if you can. Like, I didn't think about that, but that is big. That, yes. Most the time, everyone's inside, so you ain't got to worry about anything. But sometimes, no. all the babies are out, all the people are out, walking around. Like, I'm going to have to make sure I pass that down to the next person. 
Yeah, that's very important. And also, um, you know, if we can give you a little tips on surviving, especially like if you're moving to a new place for the first time, whether it's across the country, down the street, and you don't have extra money. So one of the things I did, and I didn't even know at first to even do this, but you know, turn off, it's, it's simple, turn off your air when you're going out. So if you're not home, the air is off. If you are home and it's comfortable in your home, the air is off. That saves you a little bit of money. If you call the electricity company, they will tell you it does not make a difference but I've seen the difference in my own deal. So um, I would keep that in mind. I would also, um, I don't know, I check my lights too. And by checking my lights, I make sure, because you know, sometimes you're going to different rooms and you may leave a light on and not turn a light off. I often check and make sure like I'm turning my lights off or I have also, I talked about this on another podcast, but a little nightlight that I, um, have in areas that I walk through at night so like the kitchen or the bathroom so I don't have to keep constantly like finding the light and turning that on as well got any uh, additional tips here I'm trying to think of something else Um, I was gonna say when you were talking about turning the air down so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't come on and stuff like I definitely do that um and when I take trips like when I leave a lot of my things are uh, uh, on strips power strips so I'll turn them off for long periods of time um, I'll turn my, I'll pull, I'll unplug my Himalayan, Himalayan salt lamps. I'm like, I'm not going to be here. It does need to be plugged in. So I do unplug certain things when I know I'm going to be gone for an extended period of time. Not every day because it's just like why I'm right. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely uh, do that too. But the air that gets adjusted before I walk out every morning. And when I walk back in and even right before I go to sleep, I'm like, oh, okay, I can turn it up. Right. Can turn it down i can change it a little bit for the sleep time so that does help save money and i don't care what the companies say oh it doesn't really do anything yes it does so yes, they just want that money they're not gonna tell mm-hmm. you <laughs> here's another tip i thought about too um when i was in my first apartment i am very cautious as just as a person so i would look and try to get to know my neighbors without getting to know them right so what this means is you look around at your neighbors and you try to gather their patterns So not just very, like, don't be nosy, but so for instance, I know that this neighbor near me, they're older, they come in once or twice a day, that's their pattern, they're not in and out their house all the time. I know my other neighbor on the other side of me, and I'm just making this up, right? Um, My other neighbor, they um, have an overnight job, so they stay in the house all day, and then at night they move. So you kind of know the the flow of traffic in and out around you, so you kind of can see if something looks suspicious. I also would make sure I'm parking like either directly in front of my apartment or where there's light so I could see. I also would switch up my routine uh, during different times. So if I noticed that a neighbor would start to know that I would come home the same time every day, I would come home at a different time. I would start switching it up on, you know, weekly, monthly basis, not really coming home on the same time. Sometimes I wouldn't even take the same route home. And that's just me single, being cautious. You just never know who's watching. Yeah. I think taking different routes and changing your, your, um, the times you're coming in and out is good. But I also think it is good to at least have one neighbor that you know is kind of. Yes, I have. Yeah. Is looking out. So the one that used to live next to me, she's no longer here. She moved. But it could be. It was so great. Sometimes I would be out of town and usually I would tell her. And one of the things I do for security is when I leave, 
I try to get a ride to the airport so that my car can stay at my house in my driveway to look like I'm home. And that was the same thing when I was with my first apartment because like I said, I had a duplex. So I had a driveway, uh, a backyard, a front yard. It looked like a little house. So I would, somebody pick me up because I want my house to stay here. I mean, I want my car to stay here and look like- So I'm I was indifferent about that. So when I lived in Atlanta, um, cause you know, I used to have this shot where I traveled in, um, all the time. So I would either sometimes, most of the time I liked, it was more beneficial to me to leave my car and then get a ride. But then also I would leave my car at the airport too, just because if people start to see your, your patterns, like, okay, well, her car has been there for five days or like, if it's a quick trip it's different, but if it's like five, six, two weeks, you don't want your car just sitting in the same spot. Yeah, you don't. So, but for me, I feel as though the people that live on my street, especially if I tell her like, Hey, Hey P, I'm, I'm going to be out of town. Can you watch my house? If I do park at the, at the airport, I'll tell her you can park in my driveway because her and her husband are sharing, you know, parking on the street and stuff. So I'm like, you can park in my driveway. But if I'm, I, I expect the people around me to know that I'm not here, but I'm not really worried about the person across the street breaking in. I'm worried about someone who's like pacing at night to see or at vulnerable times to see when, if there's a car there. And if there's a car there, there's usually a person there. And one time I was gone and I think I was gone like five days and she called me. She's like, is everything okay? I see your car hasn't moved. And I was like, oh my bad, I'm in. And I think I was in Texas at the time. I was like, I'm in Texas. I forgot to tell you, thank you for looking over, watching out. And it was good. Cause like if something had happened to me and I was inside by myself, because I fell down the stairs again and hurt my ankle. <laughs> At least I know after five days, somebody's gonna come checking for me because she's used to seeing me leave in and out. So that was just something that my parents taught me to kind of, if you can leave your car. Um, I also have lights at my house that are on timer. So I switch it depending on the time of year because you it's based off the time and it'll come on like around 6 30 or something like that and go off at like midnight one o'clock so if my car's there my living room lights are on i don't have the bedroom but my living room it looks like i'm here so when it's dark in the winter time it may come on at four and do the same thing so those are just little tidbits that i have picked up from my parents throughout the years from my first apartment to my my current house to no one person I do agree with knowing at least one neighbor. So for my last, I've only lived in like three apartments on my own, but um, my last apartment, I knew my neighbors and they were older. And so like, if I would get packages and I wasn't home, they would take them and put them in their apartment until I got home and then they would give them to me. Um, so that was helpful. And just to look out. And then I had people in my apartment, they weren't necessarily my neighbors, but they knew me. So if something happened or they didn't see me for a few days, they would say, hey, I noticed you weren't home or hey, how's everything going? So, you know, especially when people notice that you're single mm -hmm. too, and they're, they're nice, genuine people. Some mm -hmm. people will look out. Um, and at my current apartment, I don't think I know a neighbor. I did, um, she moved, but. You so. made it when they move on you and you gotta start off. So <laughs> yeah. like, guys that moved in next time, like, mm, I'm gonna go to the other side. <laughs> the other like, I, I haven't knocked on anyone's door and said, hey, nice to meet you, anything like that. I'm like, mm. Like if I see them, like especially walking the dog, I'll see the same neighbors, like a couple houses over. We wave and we smile and stuff like that. We're not, you know, on that level, but 
we good enough where if they don't see me walking the dog or they don't see my car moving, I feel like they would check by like knocking on the door, but they were not like the neighbor I had. She was awesome. And I would get her packages sometimes. She, I had a sign on her door because they moved. I was like, if the package comes from uh, Vision Works, please drop it off at, and I had my address on the arrow pointing because she had left, but I didn't want her stuff to just sit there. So we looked out for each other even after she left. What's funny is um, in my first apartment, I had this older neighbor and she was so bored in her house. Like they had been written from their apartment for a long time and her and her husband um, would talk to me all the time. And so she would wait until I came home and she would be, she knew what time I was coming. And so she would stand at the mailbox waiting to have a conversation. I'm like, damn, I'm tired. Just, you know, some days it was okay, but some days it wasn't. And I, I, I was under this, uh, there was a tree there and I lived in South Carolina at the time. So the mosquitoes used to attack me and I'm like, please don't talk to me today. I know I'm going to get bit. So um, it was really funny that. Where's Ebony? I need to have a conversation. Every day, but she was so nice. And then when I left, um, her and her husband, they gave me like a thermal cup, but then they put money in it. Um, and then they told me to keep in touch and I don't think I've called them in a while, but they were moving into their own house because they, you know, were like, we didn't have to live in this apartment, but we're tired of living here. So we're going to get a house. And they were, they were nice older couple with no kids. Don't you love them? Because then they yeah. kind of, kind of, and the ones that live next door, they do have kids, but they don't live with them. They're older kids. So I guess she looks at me like a daughter or something like that. She gave me a parting gift. She didn't give me money when she left, but she, <laughs> she gave me a plant. And it's on my table and it's in this beautiful vase with the plants those are colorful. nice. Yeah, so I'm it's still alive. So that is good. I'm doing I'm being a good plant mom and a good uh, foster dog mom. <laughs> so <laughs> here's another tip too. Save, save, save. You never know when the money will come in handy. When you move and when you transition in different periods in your life, things happen. Mm -hmm. and you need money like little things so um when I moved to DC I had to get a U-Haul I ended up having to get um I don't I forgot what, what it's called the little thing on the back of the U-Haul to, to mm -hmm. like a it's like it's not a cart but to, to yeah. have my put my car on the back of the U-Haul that was expensive you know gas um it, just small things you just need when you move somewhere you know you need things that you throw away you need in the next city so I would just say save your money because you just never know when you may need a dollar a hundred dollars save it yes and then also not even for like what can possibly happen during the move but when mm -hmm. you're in the connection sometimes you may not have that much credit and they may charge you especially if it's your first oh yeah extra money as a deposit on your electricity or on your water or whatever, just to get connected. And don't think of it as a bad thing. They're trying to help you, you know, grow your credit. But if you don't have any, or you have some and your credit score may be low, they may charge you some more. So you don't, don't just think about, you got to pay for the U-Haul and the Packers and the, and the mover, yes. Um, mm -hmm. And the rent, the first month rent, the last month security deposit, all that, like you may have to pay extra costs too. And like you said, you might not want to move everything from your current place. or you might be moving out of your mother's house or your, your father's house. You can't take everything with you. You might have to go to Walmart and start low and just like, okay, let me buy these cheap this and that for now. Don't think you got to come in and deck your place out once you move in because it is a transition. It is a process. 
it is expensive. So um, to your point, don't throw everything away. Even if you think you now, so if you're moving across the country, take that with a grain of salt because you might have to throw stuff away because it's, you can't move everything. Um, But if you're not and some things you can still keep. So let's say you had like a couch and you really didn't like the couch, right? But at your current apartment, you're, you know, spending money on all these other necessities. Bring your couch, use it for a time until you save up money to get a new one and then you can uh, sell it or something. So things like that, you can easily transition with you. And also another tip is, or just a point, don't be afraid to move and don't be afraid to start from the bottom again. Because a lot of times when you do move and you do transition to a new place, you don't have as much stuff as you had had at one point, but it's okay because you will build it back up. It doesn't take that long. And even if it does, it will be okay. So I think that's, that's a, a different mindset to have when you're moving to, or you're transitioning to a new place or, you know, at a point in your life. Yeah. My biggest, like what you're saying, my biggest advice for people outside of checking your surroundings and the security Mm -hmm. I talked about is to, to really take your time and allow yourself to transition. Don't feel that you have to go from having everything you want, cable, internet, um, you know, the, the nice, furniture in your house but you can't bring it with you because it was part of it was your roommate's furniture don't think you have to move in and have everything sometimes you have to start with the basics just you might have to get something that's already used or you might have to sleep on a, a air mattress for a month or two while you save up the rest of your money to get the the bedroom set that you want and if you get the bedroom set you might not be able to get the whole set you might just have to get the bed one day and then get one dresser and then get a nightstand. So I feel that sometimes, especially millennials, like we want to jump out because we see everybody on TV with everything. They move in their first house or their apartment. They got it decked out because they got help. You don't always have help. Sometimes you're relying on yourself. Thank so you don't... for saying help because a lot of people have assistance, things you don't see behind the scenes. But if you're entirely doing it on your own, that yeah. comes with a whole different mindset and a whole different it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, it's a whole different ballgame. That's the right way to put it. It's a whole different ballgame. And don't feel as though you have to jump out and put yourself in debt because you want to, to you want your home, your apartment to be a home and be beautiful and like what you see on Instagram, Facebook, reality. So, so when I moved out in my first apartment, I didn't really obviously this is my first apartment. I don't have any furniture. Like my sister purchased like decor and stuff and helped me like decorate one of my sisters. And then, um, my, uh, dad, my aunt had like a living, like a, not a living room set, um, a table set and certain things that she let me have that she was kind of like saving for herself. So my dad brought, brought that and helped me assemble it, but I didn't have a couch. Um, I remember, I remember at first not even having like a table set. And so friends would say, well, Ebony, can I come to your apartment? And I was like, you can come, but I don't have any furniture. And so they're like, okay, that's fine. But when they came and actually saw that I didn't have furniture, they were like, where's your furniture? I'm like, if you, if I told you that before you got here. And if you still want to be my friend, you know, deal with it. So um, I say all that to say is don't care what other people are going to think about you. 
uh, live within your means. I ended up, so, oh, another tip is something that I do is I save my money until I have enough money to pay it off. Because at the time, I didn't even have a credit card. So I would actually um, save my money. And then, I, so I saved my money for my couch set. Um, and I paid for it right off. And then once I got that, I moved to the next thing. So if you don't have, you know, the money right away, do that. Um, another thing, a tip too, is if you have a credit card, if you have a credit card, and I wouldn't suggest having too many, but um, let's say it's something small, like maybe you really need a couch. I'm just making this up. You really need a couch. The couch is $300. Obviously, I'm making that up. So the couch is $300. And you know that you will be able to pay yourself back those $300 instead of you getting a loan or borrowing it from someone, you can put it on your credit card, but make sure you pay it off, um, you know, within the time allotted, you know, before you get interest charges or however you're going to pay it off. So that would be a suggestion. Like buy it that day and pay for it. Pay for it. If even if you can't, I would pay like half like the first two weeks and the other half the next two weeks or something like that yeah or even look at furniture sometimes depending where you get your furniture it may have like zero percent interest if you from the store if you pay for it within a year that's what i did for um my mattress but that's just something to think about just make sure whatever it is that you know that you're going to be able to pay it off within whatever time frame so that you're not paying more for it and you can get like used furniture i mean i personally don't buy used furniture because and let me tell you why because you just never know what people doing because let me tell you what in my part what in my house is used okay so um i wouldn't personally get like a couch used or bedding used you just never know what people got bed bugs and stuff i just am very cautious of that but when i left my apartment and i was uh, moving to atlanta i sold my like couch for maybe my whole couch set $400. I had two couches, the end tables and the table. I was just selling stuff. And so you can get stuff pretty reasonable. Um, yeah. So I would suggest that or like, tell me what's in your, I'm, I'm, I'm looking in your house right now. Like, hmm, can I see? Okay. Let me know. So my dining room table and chairs, that entire set. Oh, that's not really nice. Now that's, that's different. Like, I mean, you can purchase that from somebody because you don't, yeah. It is fabric, but, but that whole entire thing, this whole entire thing came from some soldiers that were moving. Um, my couch. My couch is from the... You have a really nice couch. Thank you. It was $300. <laughs> um, but I will say everything that I have purchased offline, I have disinfected it before it's come into my house because it was in my other house first. So the couch is from there. The couch downstairs in the basement is from there. Um, my bedroom set in my room, you've never been upstairs in my bedroom. It no. is solid wood, super heavy. Even the movers complain every time. <laughs> um, I didn't get the mattress or the box spring or anything like that, but the actual bedroom set, I got that from somebody who was moving out and his mother was sick. And so he was moving out of Virginia from Western Virginia back to be with her. And he was getting rid of everything. I had another table that I ended up giving away to a friend when I moved. So a lot of the stuff, the big pieces of furniture in my house are actually from Craigslist. 
Yeah, you could do that. Well, I'll just say, just like look at the things that you're getting and like really take your time with it because you just never know mm-hmm. and, and talk to the people you're getting it from. But also I have a friend who go to like Goodwill oh, to yeah. get items, yeah. clean it up. And yeah, so I don't, I don't necessarily subscribe to you have to have all new things. Um, but I do subscribe to not going into debt to furniture, furnish your house. Yeah. Or to buy, you know, to to keep up with the Joneses. I do not subscribe to that. Yeah, we're not we're not about that. So, um, do stay within your means. If you need to buy something for now that might be a little bit cheaper, offline from Let It Go, Craigslist, do that as to hold you over while you save up more money to get whatever you really want. Um, or you may even like it because I really like my couch. I really really like my dining room set and my bedroom. So I'm like. When I go to my next place, am I gonna keep them? Probably yeah. so. They just might move into I might move places that into the um, guest room because I got another bed in there now, and I might move this couch to a basement and get a whole new couch, you know. But I love it. Dining room table, I'm probably gonna keep this. So. <laughs> I won't keep it for a while. I think um, we've given a lot of tips on like moving and stuff. And if you guys want to uh, hear more, or learn more. DM us on Instagram at the Real Play Podcast. Um, but I do want to get into another thing that comes along with adulthood and transitioning, friends. So learning that everybody who's your friend may not come along on the journey with you. And you have seasons of um, great friendships. And then you also have seasons of uh, not so great friendships. Mm-hmm. So Uh, let's talk about how to navigate and transition through uh, seasons of friendship. Okay, so with friendships, we know that we may have friends that last a lifetime, some that may last a month, some they may last in college, and that's it, or high school, and that's it. So there there comes a time when you're transitioning, and you're going into your mid-20s, late-20s, going into your 30s, where you start to evolve, and you feel as though your friends there's nothing wrong with them. And sometimes you just simply grow in different directions. And just because you grow in different directions doesn't mean that there's like any beef. It just means that the friendship has run its course. So absolutely. We've all had that happen. I've had it happen with close friends. I've had it happen with associates that I thought were friends. And it's like, if we see each other, we may wave and say hi, but we don't necessarily have to be air quotes, friends talk every day. But then it also hurts when it's somebody that you were best friends with. And then you know you look up one day and you're like, man, I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to her. What's going on? Like, what do you do then? So I think um, I'll have two things to say. So one is those maybe kind of surface level friendships. So at a certain point, you do start to look around and look at your friendships and start evaluating saying, okay, well, this is more of surface level um, but this is a more deeper friendship. And so I think you can make your decision to um, keep a person around based on that. You also have to use communication and clearly communicate with a person on what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. But I will say growing and evolving within yourself, sometimes, like to your point, Sierra, people don't grow and evolve with you. Yeah. And sometimes they don't even notice that you are growing and evolving because they are um, within their own little bubble too. Mm-hmm. So, and as an adult, um, to anyone who, who's listening, who may be in college or something, but as an adult, 
you really have your own lives. It's not like we're packed together. So you might have a friend in another city, in another state. And so it is hard to keep those friendships open and communication open. I think one thing we have to try to do as adults is look outside of ourselves and stay, um, stay in communication with others. So making sure, let's say I'm bad at the phone, right? Like, you're like, dang, Ebony, every time I turn around, you're not calling, you're not checking in. Like, if someone communicates that to me, then, and I know I'm not good with, like, calling or I have my own thing going on, then I'll set, like, a reminder on my calendar. Now, they might not like it at first if I say every Tuesday at 3 o'clock I'm going to check in with so-and-so. I need to make sure when I am checking in at 3 o'clock, it's not a surface level, like, hey, how you're doing? Mm -hmm. Like, really try to get to know how that person is and how they're really doing because it's a, it's a difference it's I'm doing fine and it's let me tell you what's going on in my life and give them the space to talk because a lot of times we kind of over talk people want to talk about what we have going on versus calling that person and saying hey you know I just want to call in I want to check on you or to the opposite of that I see you know that you're growing and involving and you know leveling up like let's have a chat let's let's um catch up i want to see what's going on with your life and really make the effort because i think that's what it takes it takes effort and it takes seeing yourself yourself in that other person and that's exactly what i was going to say as when you're a little bit younger in high school and college um your friends kind of come naturally because you're around each other all day. Every Absolutely. Day. When you become an adult, you start to have different responsibilities. You may work in different places. Like you said, you may live in different states. You actually have to put in the effort to continue to grow the relationship. It's not going to be, an, it's not going to just naturally just grow because now you have to try. You have to make those phone calls, set those alarms, send that text message, um, do that pop up and drop off a cookie or two. Like, mm -hmm can't you can't but it, and it's okay sometimes if you do go a week two weeks even a month without talking to somebody but just know you do have to try absolutely happen by itself and I may go a month without talking to some of my friends who I know are busy with life and busy with kids and you know new marriages and I'm like all right I ain't gonna say nothing right now but there'll be sometimes I'll be like hey girl like couple weeks ago maybe it's last week i had some uh, frozen mozzarella sticks super random got them from the grocery store friday's brand me and two of my friends we were like the three musketeers we used to always go to friday's all of the time and get mm -hmm. mozzarella sticks so i took i took a picture of the box one lives in north carolina one lives in southern maryland i said hey y'all look at this this is like old times haven't talked to them in a while because one just got married has a new baby the other one is in Fayetteville in a new relationship, living her life. And it was just like, it brought us back. We hadn't talked in a while, but to see that picture was like I, us trying. And then we chatted for a couple of seconds, like, haha, yeah, I remember them days. So sometimes you really, it's a little thing just to bring back those memories and reconnect with people. So I want to talk about transitioning to having new friendships. But I also want to talk about, so after that, I want to talk about mar like your friends being married and then them getting into relationships too, because sometimes that changes the dynamic of your friendship. 
So um, let's start off with, let's do marriage and relationships, how that changes the dynamic. And then I want to talk about new friendships. Okay. So I feel like friends, I, I have, uh, you know, people around me that are married and that changes the dynamic because being single, they don't really relate to you anymore or feel like you can't relate. So sometimes it's not really the other, the person who is in the same situation that's changing. It's the other person around them. They see themselves differently. And so it's really hard when, you know, you have a friend that's married or they get in a relationship and then they're unavailable until something happens and then they're available. And then you're kind of like, well, wait a minute, I've been here this whole time and, you know, I have things too, but you only really want to, you know, call me or talk when you have things going on. So let's talk about that. I've definitely experienced that where you have those friends where they, when they're single, you talk to them all the time, they get in a relationship, they ghost you, the relationship may or may not work out, they come back, then they get busy with somebody else or something else they're focusing on, they ghost you again, but you've always been just there. So I, ha I have those, and with those friends that that happens with, I know it's going to happen. Yeah. When they disappear, I'm, I don't even trip because I'm like, this has been happening. Like, this is what happens. And I'm not even hurt. I just know that you can't focus on more than one thing. So um, I don't want to say you can't focus on more than one thing because that sounds negative. But I just know when they're in a relationship or starting a relationship, they go hard in the paint for that relationship and kind of focus so hard they kind of forget about the other people but not in a negative way okay so here's the thing too I want to say about that because I think it's okay to a certain extent to do that but it's not because it's like you're you may forget about some of your friends but you're not forgetting all of them right you pick and choose who you have a conversation with mm -hmm. and so let's say you have been friends with that person for a long time that's a different look than, okay, I talk to them every other week and now I'm talking to them once a month, right? Mm -hmm. um, so to be aware of your relationships will change with different seasons, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, if you feel like, you know, you still want to maintain a friendship with someone and it's, it's not really working out the way you want it to, to, then you can communicate clearly with that person and say, hey, you know, I've been meaning to talk to you about our friendship and it's not really the same anymore. I want to see if we can come to a resolution. Now, here's a caveat. Mm -hmm. That person may turn around and say, I don't see anything wrong. Like, there's nothing different. Yeah, they can. Um, because sometimes you see things that other people don't see. And, then, and I think that's a time where you can kind of point out examples of which you're saying because you may be interpreting it a certain way and you guys can be talking about the same situation and they're seeing it completely different so be very clear on how you're expressing yourself and if you can give an example that can kind of help them see like oh well yeah when that happened i kind of thought it was this but i see now why you felt that way and so that just opens up that dialogue and then you guys can decide if you want to what you guys want to do with it I also try to give people grace too. So just an example, I'm not married. So I don't know what it's like to be married or, you know, have friends when you're married, right? Who are single. And so I try to give grace and not really um, feel any type of way about a friendship changing in that aspect. Cause that's something totally different too. Um, Cause I mean, I would think that if I was married I would want to have married friends, someone who could relate to me on that level. Um, but I also, 
find beauty in having friends that I've known for a long period of time. It's something about that, that them really knowing you in different aspects of your life and watching you grow and evolve, there's beauty in that too. So, um, so when you say, and I totally agree, like married couples usually like to hang out with married couples. If I'm married, I don't really want my, my husband to be hanging out with the single male because you never know what type of stuff they might get them into. True, but it's not fair. Huh? It's not fair to the other person. To what? To... So let's say you are getting married, right? You have a husband. He's had friends before you. I don't think it would be fair to him to cut off his friends who are single because you are getting married to him. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Or hang with them less. Yeah, well, I think that naturally he mm -hmm. will hang with him less because he will be with me and we will be with our other friends that we've met over the years that are in the same um, stage in our lives. Now, not saying, oh, your friend, your homeboy, you can't hang out with him at all, but you, I don't expect him to be going, cause going out to the club and doing things that single men really like to do because he would be on a different mindset. Now he's a husband just naturally because single people we like to just go out and have a good time and you know hang out at the bar or wherever but I would expect my husband to not want to do that I would expect him to want to be with me and or double dating with other people in relationships but don't cut off your friends of course no you don't have to do that yeah so then that we in the same situation like if we're selling the guy you can hang out with him sometimes but you can't hang out with him all the time and I'm not saying like all the time, but not as much as you hang out with other married people, then we're in the same boat. So now that friend is feeling like he's losing a friend because their friend got married. I don't think that he should feel like he's losing a friend because his friend isn't leaving him. His friend is just in a different stage in his life. Just like my friends that are married. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect them. I honestly didn't expect them to hang out with me every day and talk to me on the phone all day, every day, like they used to, because now they have a life mate. So in my mind, I'm already like, okay, I'm going to pull back a little bit and I'm going to let you grow your marriage. I'm going to let you grow your relationship because that's what you want to do. And that's what God is leading you to do. So my feelings aren't, were never hurt when any of my friends got married and a lot of them are married. <laughs> No, so, no, no. I agree with you on that aspect um, because it does take time to grow your marriage. But I'm just saying, like, to hmm. if that so would you invite? Boy, he's gonna would you invite the single friend out on like a double date? So let's say your your husband and this guy are best friends and they hang hung out every single day until you came along. Would you invite? now starting inviting him to as much things that you're inviting the other married people to or because he's single you're like we're gonna double date with them and then you can see him next week so like if we're having a house party or something like that if you're having a house party i would expect you to invite him right but let's say you're not having a house party let's say you and your husband are talking and you're like oh we want to hang out with some friends this week and you're like oh well i know such and such and such and such they're free um they have a free night. We should hang out with them. Would you invite that single guy on that? I'm not date? inviting a single person on a double date. No, I'm not. Cause one of that's awkward. 
you got it's not good for him but one person if he if, if if he's mar if he's um dating somebody sure bring your girlfriend doesn't have to be a marriage that doesn't have to happen but i'm not inviting anybody as a third wheel on a double date or a fifth wheel on a double date i just don't think it's fair just like when we went to the park the other day i was looking at home girl i was like yo you ain't <laughs> <laughs> you your friend her husband your friend and you it would have just been me i didn't know that but i had invited you already i said sierra invited me so i can be the other uh filling guest i'm just when kidding he, when he walked up i was like oh, okay that's uh, you heard me say something to her because i <laughs> i had no idea so I don't do the whole third wheel thing. So it goes down to. I think I, I'm not, I'm not looking for him to be a third wheel. I'm looking objectively and trying to figure out where does this guy fit in his friend's life. If you're the newcomer, you're married. I feel like eventually he's just going to be pushed to the side. Not to say that's a bad thing, but I'm just, I'm just looking at it from the outside looking in. Yeah, I don't think that he can push himself to the side. I wouldn't push him out of the way, but they But it sounds like you would be curating an environment in, into which he does not fit. No, ma'am. That's that's exactly that's not what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not trying to set it up where anyone who has been his friend can no longer be his friend until they get married. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying naturally in my opinion, when you enter that stage of being in a serious relationship, once you're in a serious relationship, your friendships with some other people already start to transform. They're already not right. out every day, all day, every day. We've already established a way that me and my boo will work, him and his friend will work. We've already established that. The marriage part, that's just writing it down, making it legal. So throughout our courtship, I'm sure they're going to establish boundaries. I'm sure they're going to have that talk like, bro, I see you and old girl are doing really good. Like, yeah, I'm doing my thing on the side. I'm not going to invite you to the, to, to the club. I'm not going to invite you to bike week or whatever. And even if you want not to bike week, <laughs> he can go to bike week. I don't care. But I'm just saying, I don't think it's going to be one of those situations where you're going to be as BFFs because once you start to make that connection with your spouse, they become your best friend. And you can have other best friends and y'all can still hang out. It's just not going to be as much. So I just don't want it to sound like I'm like, ah, nah, I don't like him. He's single. He's not our friend anymore because he's going to probably be my friend. Because if he's really your friend and he's down for you like that, we're going to be friends as three all together. We're not going to be one-on-one -on -one friends like, you know what I'm saying? But if I ever want to surprise my boo, I'm going to come to you like, hey, friend, text. This is what we want to plan. Like, we'll be good. So I just think it's something that everyone's going to work with. And you'll the person, the outsider, which has been me a multiple times, have understood what was happening. Okay. Friendship is still good. I just understand that I'm not going to talk to them every single day because they now have their person. And yeah, that's no, no love lost. From, I don't look at them like, oh, so you just got married and kicked me to the side. I knew my place. Oh, no, I definitely, I was just trying to uh, play devil's advocate. Like, I definitely um, am the person, matter of fact, like, I 
always kind of sense when my friendships are changing or shifting and when my friends get in relationships I I'm very respectful like I call less I I sometimes wait until they call me or I don't call them after a certain time exactly. uh, just out of respect but yeah I agree with that and um what a, let's talk about new relationships and transitioning to those as adults let's talk about just platonic friendships so let's start with you and I right we became friends because we were taking a class together and we met through a mutual friend um but I'm trying to think what did we have in common that made us like say oh let's and it wasn't that long ago so you can tell how my memory is but let's let us be friends I think um we we're in class, we knew each other were single, we, you know, you, in DC, you invite people to stuff, you're like, hey, I'm doing such and such, come, so with that, we started, because we had a mutual friend, we started, did we ever go anywhere with Melita, or was it just you and I? Um, we, we went somewhere in December, yeah, we went to the, um, the event at the Hard Rock, Oh, mm -hmm. go to that. We had first we had the dinner, Thanksgiving dinner at my house, and then we went to that. All that three. That is true. So, um, but after that, we just started hanging out. I think you, when you started start meeting new people, when you're an adult, you find mutual things that you have in common. You see if you like their personality. You hang out with them, and if it's if you have a good time, you just, you know, start to the next thing. I will admit that it's hard to form, we talked about this before, but hard to form relationships um, if you don't have, like, a mutual friend in common, or you're not, like, taking a class together, or mm -hmm. if you just see somebody on the street and they look nice, you can't yeah, you can walk up to them and be like, hey. Yeah, we don't do that. <laughs> we're friends. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think it kind of, it started out as being introduced to her and so for me and Melita we completely just did that yeah <laughs> we did just walk up, but that was because we were both uncomfortable by ourselves at this event didn't know anybody I mean she may have known people from their from seeing their faces because it was at her church but I literally knew it, nobody and like oh you're here by yourself yeah I'm here by myself all right we friends today taking pictures together like that's how we started I never do that I don't know what we were on that day <laughs> Did you guys decide to take the class together or you were already going to take the class? No, I didn't know about the class um, because we, we met in the summertime. So I don't even think they had the advertisement for the class. It was like July or August, something like that. So she must have sent it to me um, because I don't think I was browsing your guys' website at the time. Okay. <laughs> to me, it was like, oh, you should sign up for this. And I looked at the days. I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that because I have class on Tuesdays. This is Wednesday. So, yeah, that's how it um, happened. And then she didn't mention she that you were going to be there. But then when you were there with her. I don't think she didn't mention it to me either. But then she was like, hey, this is uh, yeah. Sierra. And I'm like, oh. I was like, oh, okay. It's like, oh, I got you something. And she gave me the notebook. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. You thought about me. Um, and, and then, then we were all twinning with notebooks and pens. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it started. But it, that was like one of the few, 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 few times that I have walked up to somebody and was like, hey, you're here by yourself? I am too. Let's be friends. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think for us, even though we didn't know each other, I think we just kind of clicked right away and started hanging out a lot more, like started going to restaurants. 
found a favorite restaurant and hang out there all the time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, friendship just grew, uh, grew, but I think it is very hard to meet friends when you're an adult. It's, it's difficult. It's not your typical college. When I was in college, meeting friends was just easy. Um, just because people, you would walk up to people, you would see people, you're all on the same campus, you have mutual people in common, um, you're all, you all have like a common goal, so it's a lot easier. The thing is, the same friends that you have during college, you don't necessarily end up with them because you guys, you know, disperse and go to other places, disperse, why does it disperse? Disperse and go to other places. <laughs> um, I will say the some of the strongest friendships I have are from college and I do still communicate with people um, from elementary school from high school but the college friends are like the ride or die and I don't know what it is if it's the whole vibe of being by yourself on campus freshmen sophomore juniors whatever at the HBCU like you got we like really connected and to be to vote for the first black president while I was still in college yes, voting. like we marched from the student center to the polls as a university and and it was just like great but my closest friends that i consider sisters and brothers are from my college years and we live all over the place but homecoming time comes around we all converge on fayetteville like and it's like nothing ever changed it's like 08 all over again so I absolutely love my college friends. I think for me, I loved college. I love um, all the friends I had from college. I still talk to them. I just don't talk to them every day because, you know, just people have lives and things going on. And then I still have friends from high school. Now, those friends from high school are probably like if they are like, they knew you before the college people knew you. So granted, they, they see you transition. They see you involved and they're learning to know you in this new life too. Um, and it's kind of great to talk to them and talk about, you know, how we were in high school and we were ready to get out or how things are going now or how we envision things. Um, and then just to see them grow and blossom is awesome. And um, Patrick is probably my long his friend I want to say and we've been friends since we've been about five I have a lot of other people that I talked to that I knew around that time too but he's probably my longest friend we went to high school middle school no yeah middle school high school and college together and then obviously we're friends now but um and, and I, again there's beauty in knowing people for a long period of time because you you get to see them evolve you get to see them grow you get to see them change and Friendships don't look the same in different seasons, even if you've known each other for a long time. Um, and I think that's awesome. It is. Friendship is a beautiful thing. It is. It is a beautiful thing. And I think the more friendships you can have is great. Um, what do you think about, and this is not like a part of this episode, but I'm kind of curious, what do you think about those people? Because I've ran across a few that don't want their friend, either they don't want you to have a friend or they don't want their friends to intermingle. So let's say Melita was like, I like both Ebony and Sierra, and I do not want them to be friends because if they're friends, then- they you out or go off and be Yeah. Friends. So I think that that is a very real thing. 
some people really do cherish their friends and to the point where they're almost like possessions and they don't want to, they don't want to sickening. Yeah. But I feel like the beauty of having friends become friends outside of you is so great. And that's what I love. Like, I know that, you know, my friends are friends too, whether I'm there or not, like they met through me, but I mean, I'm the common denominator, if you want to say that, but they're friends. Like I would, I love when I see Brittany will call me and say, Hey, yo, give me Fola's number again. I forgot it. I need to ask her a question. And then they over there texting and I'm like, what? what? Okay. Y'all just let me out. But I'm nosy. I just want to know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do love when friends can, it shows you something about yourself when your friends you're genuine with one set of friends and another set of friends and they can be friends. It's just like shows you that your, your crew really is a, your girl gang is what I like to call y'all sometimes. Yeah. My girl gang is real and we're all on the, we're all at the same level because we can all be friends with each other outside of each other. So, um, I don't, I'm not very possessive in friendships. And I think because, um, I've always been this way growing up. Like if you're my friend, and I have another friend, I'm bringing everybody together. I'm like, oh, you should be friends with such and such. You should get to know such and such. They, you know, such and such is doing this. Like, I'm, I'm the friend that is going to root for you, whether you're doing bad or good. You know, that's, if you got a new business, I'm there. If you um, are in a new relationship, I'm there. Like, I'm the friend that's always going to be present. Um, but I also, I, I'm not the friend that's, like, possessive. Like, I feel like, you should be able to be friends with whoever you want to be friends with. The only thing that I say, the only thing is, and you shouldn't be experiencing this as an adult, but if you're going to talk about me to someone else, then we, A, we're not really friends in the first place. Mm. But that's the only, that's the only line that I have. Like, don't communicate about me to someone else, like negatively. Like if you have a problem, come to me. So that's the only thing. And I think that's what a lot of people feel like someone would do or they feel like oh well they'll be friends and I won't have a friend again mm -hmm. so I think that's yeah. the fear that they think that they'll be left out and they won't have a friend they'll lose a friend mm -mm. I'm, I'm very secure in myself so I'm like I was your friend before and I'm going to be your friend after so and I like how you said your one main thing really quick was that you don't want somebody talking about you I've ended friendships or totally backed away from friendships because of the way I saw people talking about my other friends that they're supposed to be friends with. Mm, that's good. It bothered me so much. And I, matter of fact, I just told her not too long ago, the girl. So there was one friend that would talk so bad about this other girl that was my friend. We all knew each other. She would talk about her and like talk about her clothes, her makeup, like little petty stuff. And I didn't like that. But then I saw her, the girl that was being talked about was mm -hmm. invited to the other girl's birthday party and she showed up. And I was like, wait. And probably bought her a gift, nope. I had no idea. And at that, that was my breaking point. I stopped talking to girl A. And I could have swore I told girl B back then that's what it was, but I retold her again, like last year, the end of like 2019. I was like, yeah, this is why I don't talk to that girl. And she was like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. You know, cause she, I think she liked the fact that the, that's the reason why, like, I didn't like that girl talking about her in the background. Cause I'm like, if you're talking about her and then still inviting her out to your birthday party, that means you probably talking about me. Absolutely. About everybody else. 
and I don't want to be around that. So I had to put my foot down. I never told her like, I don't want to be your friend because you're talking about such and such. She should have been able to figure that out. She didn't care because she didn't really try to ask. But that's one. I'm very much like the defensive friend too. Um, And I don't, like if you're friends with me, you cannot talk about my friend to me. That's that's in general. Like, no, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Especially if it's negative. If it's some positive, please share that with me. But negative, absolutely not. Because, and also, I make sure that anything that I say about my friend, just in general, that I've already said to my friend, so my friend never feels like I'm talking about them to anybody. Um, and I'm very defensive when it comes to my friend. I'll give you an example. I have this, this one friend from high school. We're still friends to this day. And a lot of people didn't like her. You know, people tend to not like what they view as pretty girls in school, blah, blah, blah. And so um, this girl was being picked on a lot in school and um, she was taking me home from uh, cheerleading one day. I asked her to drive me home and we had this car following. I don't know if I ever mentioned this in the podcast, but we had this car following us and it was really close. And I'm from a small town. So I'm like, who in the world is that? They must know us. Cause they were like driving out, like almost trying to hit us. And so, um, when I, when Courtney pulled into my, uh, um, house, she, the other car kind of went around. There was an apartment complex across the street. They kind of went around and then they stopped and they got out the car. And I was like, who in the world is that? So I'm getting out, I'm looking and she, the girl who was trying to hit us waved and was like, Hey, Ebony, how are you doing? And I'm like, who is that? And so come to find out it was this girl that I was in class with. And she had already said something to me in class like, um, oh, you're really cool. I don't really like your friends, but I like you. And I was like, well, if you don't like my friends, you don't like me. Yeah. Because I'm an extension of my friends, right? And so that was on a Friday, I think. The Monday going back to school, we had Spanish class together. And I was like, look at here. If you ever in your life drive that close behind me or my friend, you're going to have to come and see me. Like, that was the one that was disrespectful. Two, I don't appreciate it. Like, how did, first of all, how do you even know where I stayed? Like, that's things that I said to her. It never happened again. I never heard any other thing from her, but I just don't appreciate it. Like, first of all, if you don't like my friend, who, what in your mind gets you to drive behind a person? Like, you had no reason not to like her. You don't even know her. But what she was trying to, she was doing that because of your friend? I don't yeah. Like- she was trying to scare uh, scare her, not me, but the friend, but I was in the car. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, and fight worthy, but we didn't fight, but I will fight behind one of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that. The story is, moral of the story. <laughs> as an adult, you may have to try a little harder to keep your friendship. You may grow in and out of people, but that's part of life. And you may grow out of somebody in one season, and it may be two, three, four, five years that go by, and you never know. You guys may end up rekindling. So always keep an open mind if it's someone that you love, a friend, a friend that you love, that they may come back. That doesn't mean that they're always gone, but they also may be gone. So, Yes, and the last transition that I want to talk about, and again, if you guys want to hear more of this later, we can surely talk about it, but let's talk about transitions at work um I feel like 
of transition allotments in different workplaces and different workspaces. Um, just the only point that I really want to mention about transitioning work-wise is always be willing to learn, be willing to grow. Um, if you really want something, go for, for it and strive to do, always do your best. Um, people will see you if you are trying and doing your best. And um, one thing that I also want to say, let's say you're at a company and you're new and you don't know a lot about the company, make sure you're researching your company. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're um, researching your job, what you're actually doing and staying on top of that industry. And then also um, ensure you're staying on top of your task at work. So maybe you don't know how to do something that well. Make sure you're learning about that and just growing just because you just never know where life takes you and where you're going to utilize that skill. So that's my kind of tips about transitioning work-wise. And also, last thing, I do have one more tip mm -hmm. about your coworkers. That every coworker is your friend. <laughs> that who coworker? Not every coworker is your friend. Not every coworker is your friend. Uh, my first job I had, it was very difficult because I was coming, I was very young. I was coming into a workplace where um, everyone was older and they had worked at this job for years and they were seeing someone come in with potential to do more or what they felt like be better. Like I never feel like I'm better than someone else. I just am learning to the best of my ability and I only compete with myself. So um, I would just say, um, make sure that obviously you have to be nice. You have to be friendly to your coworkers. Um, be genuine, but also ensure and take notes and know <laughs> all of those things that what Sierra said is definitely true. Your coworkers are not, are not your friends. Um, I will say at my last job, I do still talk to some of my coworkers. Yeah, but I, I feel like are genuine friendships, but that's few, far, and in between. Absolutely. I am a person that truly believes in keeping my work and my personal life separate so oh yes very few times will i if you would try to hit me with that friend request on social media it's gonna sit there like but then you have those friends that you really do bond with from the beginning from first meeting co-workers i meant that you bond with and they become friends so i'm super duper close to Brittany. you know her mm -hmm. um we met I love Brittany. Her. we worked together at probably 2015 is when we started working together. And here we are five years later, like that's my homie G, my dog. So you have to determine what you are willing to allow people, how you are willing to allow people in your life. Because believe it or not, working is kind of like high school all over again. Ooh, okay. say, that, say that again. <laughs> there is so much gossip going on in offices, like so many things that are happening do you really want your reputation to be messed up because you're hanging out and going to the club and partying with all your coworkers, letting not knowing that they're cool with the supervisor or, or the head of your organization and going back and telling, because you know what, it is still a competition. Mm -hmm. They're still trying to get that next promotion and get paid more and all of that. So you really have to think about what you're doing and how you're associating with people who are in your competent uh, competition uh, pool. So your reputation is everything. Your reputation is everything. I also, um, 
And I kind of said this when I said I compete against myself. I keep my blinders on. I don't really worry about what people say about me or what people think or how people view me as long as I know I'm doing my best, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I just try to learn to the best of my ability, do what's best for me. And also um, just keep in mind at the end of the day, it's about a dollar. So you're there to, to, to get paid and they're there to keep their business running. Exactly. That's what it is. So um, the last couple of things that I want to say about transitioning to work, sometimes you may graduate and you don't have a job. You don't even know where to start to find a job. You may not. I do recommend if you are in college, please, please do an internship. I wish I would have done better internships and done mm-hmm. every four years. Looking back, I would have, but nobody told me then. I only did one. So do an internship because sometimes they can turn into full-time positions once you graduate. Um, you never know where they can take you. Definitely look into that. But if you don't do an internship and you don't know where to go when you first get out of school, whether it's high school or college, look into professional organizations, look into the alumni association of whatever high school or college you went to, because alumni love, they just get a kick out of giving back. So I got my job in the federal government from an alumni that I didn't know, but he knew my dad. And whether he knew my dad or not, the fact that I am a federal state Bronco, he still would have helped me. So you never, don't ever feel like you have to do it alone. Even if you don't know anybody, if you're not part of a fraternity or organization, you can talk to a friend who know a friend. Yes. Use your network, build your network as much as you can from the day you step on to your first day of high school to the day you're ready to enter the workforce. Definitely continue to grow that network. Use those organizations, um, those, um, professional organizations. If you want to use LinkedIn, you can use that as well. Make sure if you're using social media, you're not posting pictures of social media that can be used against you later on during the hiring process. Um, If you're looking for federal jobs, and this is something that is really hurting our black community, certain jobs in the federal um, arena, you do need a security clearance. Mm -hmm. Do not, do not take drugs because that will come back to bite you later on. Do not do drugs. Don't get arrested. (laughs) Like there's little, like keep your credit good because they look at that stuff before they will even hire you. I know the federal government does. I can't really say how much, how far private industry digs into your background, but the federal government will do that. I mean, you have to get a background check, but I don't know, like, I mean, obviously if you're arrested or something, they look at that, but I don't know. And you have to do drug tests too, so don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's not even don't do drugs right before, because some, it'd be like, have you done drugs this many years ago? You don't want to have to say yes. I mean, you can if it's the truth and you don't do them anymore, but I'm just saying, a lot of our young black people are not able to get the position, certain positions because of what they did in college and high school, that past goes with them. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I can do a whole presentation on that because it was just recently brought to my attention a couple of years ago because I never had to deal with it because I knew I was good. But to think about how many applicants, how much talent we can't even bring mm-hmm. in because of small little mistakes you didn't even think about. No. And when you're young and trying to have fun and Mm-hmm. I will say too, to the people who may not be going to college, who are working on their own business, you can still use these tips too. Like Sierra said, you can um, use your network. 
go use social media, um, build your business, join a professional organization, join an organ, like the better business bureau or the chamber of commerce in your local area. They've got resources, join them. There's so many ways, like you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. That's a good point, Sierra. Um, and with that, I think that's enough for this episode, guys. Um, again, if you um, have any additional tips for our listeners, please DM us at the Real Play Podcast. Um, I do want to let you guys know that we are on all social media platforms and we are also on YouTube at the Real Play Podcast. If you want to follow me or Sierra individually, um, um, at Ebony Diaz and David. Johnson spell like the normal J O H N S O N and Sierra, what's your um, handle? Well, yeah, you can follow me at Raven with two N's with love. So R A V E N N with love on Instagram. All righty. Well, with that, we're going to say bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on all social media platforms at The Real Play Podcast. We would love to hear from you. So leave us a comment, DM, or voice note. And don't forget to come hang out with us on our next episode.